Hey guys, welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. Craig Dixon here. Uh, sorry for the lack of episodes the last few weeks. Um, I've been kind of dealing with some personal stuff and uh, I had like a really bad uh, virus uh, between games two and three of the Penguin series. So um, it's been kind of hard for me to like schedule it in uh, recording an episode. Um, so the Islanders are coming off a four-game sweep of the Pittsburgh Penguins going around two, and we'll be facing the Carolina Hurricanes, who are coming off a seven-game series, which went in a double overtime in game seven over the Capitals. So this is, um, obviously, this is just like unheard of, this playoff run the Islanders have gone on. I'm going to stick with the Islanders for now, and I'll talk a little bit about the Hurricanes a little in a little bit. So the... Um, I said, I mean, I said it was a possibility on the last episode that perhaps the Islanders had a chance if they would win games one and two at home to silence the Pittsburgh crowd in game three if they were to get ahead. Um, And uh, I didn't think that was going to happen, but I said it was a possibility should the Islanders win two and oh. So I I feel pretty, I feel pretty confident about uh, my predictions so far. Um, I did say Islanders in six. Um, it turned out to be even less than that. They didn't lose one game. So um, game one was uh, probably the only game the Islanders really didn't play their best game. Um, not that they didn't play well. Uh, it's just that Pittsburgh was kind of more up to speed with the Islanders game for that. And I think they tried to adjust for the rest of the series and they just couldn't seem to uh, fix that, maybe aside from game four. So game one, um, boy, Jordan Eberle has just started, has become an absolute force in the playoffs. And that's exactly what you need this time of year. You need guys to step up, especially guys who haven't been uh, performing all year. Eberle finished the year with 19 goals, and now he's got goals in all four playoff games, which is um, unbelievable. Ever since they united that line with uh, Barzil and and Anders Lee, the 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 first line is actually playing like a first line, which we couldn't really say all season. Um, you you kind of wish that maybe they would have uh, tried this uh, this line out a lot earlier in the season, especially with the success Everly and Barzil have had in the past together. But regardless, they did figure it out just in time. They had the playoffs. They had home ice advantage against the Penguins, which was unbelievable. Um, so Everly got the goal to get the the series started. Uh, Kunakal actually had an unbelievable game one. Um, he actually scored even before that, but it was ruled off sides, as we all know. Um, and, you know, it, it was unfortunate because it got the crowd, like, crowd went to an immediate frenzy. Thankfully, Everly didn't score a minute and 40 into the first period anyway, so the crowd was able to relax as there was, there were some angry f- people in my section about that offsides call. Um, Kessel would ultimately tie it about five minutes later. Uh, Islanders didn't really, like, look like it outplayed. I believe um, somebody fell down on this play. Sezekis, I think, fell down on that play. Um, which kind of opened up uh, a little bit of room for Kessel, who just skated through the uh, skated over the the Islanders uh, zone, and just unleashed a wicked wrist shot, which beat Leonard. Um, now I don't really blame that one on on Leonard at all. Uh, I thought Leonard was really solid this whole series. Um, thankfully, uh, with about five minutes left in the first, Brock Nelson scored one on a power play. Um, so the Islanders actually started off the series. With, pretty good about the power play, which has been one of the worst power plays in the league all season. Um, so Nelson got the goal, assisted from Eberle and Taves. Uh, we go to the second period. Um, 
Of course, the penalty kill, which had been struggling going into the playoffs, uh, did did falter here um, on a honestly not a, not the best shot. Um, I think it deflected off somebody. So Evgeny Malkin scored a power play goal um, to tie the game at two uh, about midway through the second period. So that's how the second period would end. That was the only goal of the second period. So uh, it deflected. It wasn't like a slap shot. It was just like a like a harmless wrist shot. It might have even been a shot pass, but it deflected off of somebody. I don't remember if it was a Penguin or an Islander. Sorry, because this seems like ancient history now to tie the game at two. Um, Islanders did retake the lead in the third period on a Nick Letty wrist shot from the blue line, which just kind of beat a screen Matt Murray, um, which is fine. Got assist from Filpula and Komarov on that one. Uh, so it looked like the Islanders were set. They had a lead ha- halfway through the third period. They were ready to go. The Islanders, unfortunately, just couldn't shut the door. Um, Pittsburgh ultimately pulled their goalie, um, and it went into, with about two minutes left, a minute and a half left, uh, the Penguins scored it with the extra man. Justin Schultz got the goal to tie the game and send it into overtime. Um, overtime was... Honestly, it was a little scary. Uh, Josh Bailey actually had a chance to take the lead with about two seconds left in regulation, but he rang it off the post, and it was just like, oh man, this is—it's got that feeling of those Penguins games, those two playoff games against the Penguins in 2013, where the Islanders had a chance to win, they just couldn't get out of it, and then like just then bad luck with that Bailey hitting the post. But thankfully, in overtime, about five minutes in, um, an unbelievable play where. Matt Barzell just maybe the play of the season just completely undressed um, the the Penguins uh, defenseman I forget who it was at this juncture um, completely emptied him slowed down pulled the puck to his backhand beat Murray and unfortunately it hit off the post and we're like oh my god the cr- half of the crowd reacted like it went in half of the crowd saw that it hit the post and was like, oh, shit. And, like, he didn't even have enough time to react to see that, holy shit, Josh Paley, who started the play, who started the out, the um, the outward pass from the, his defenseman zone, had joined the play late and banged in the rebound. Um, boy, uh, and the Coliseum erupted. Islanders win the game, go up in the series uh, 1-0 with a 4-3 win. Uh, boy, did Josh Paley need that because, I mean, the fans were getting on him in the game. Uh, you know, it's something about Josh Bailey that these Islander fans just, they they just like hold a grudge against him forever because he was the first overall pick. Um, you know, they traded down twice. He's never really lived up to his goal scoring. Um, I, not, he wasn't even projected to be a big goal scorer. He's projected to be more of a, a, a playmaker. So it was really good for him to get this power play goal. Um, he hasn't in the past uh, performed very well in the playoffs, at least on the point sheets. So to see him get this goal was absolutely huge. Barzil set it up. Um, it was it was a great play, and Everly played a big part in that in that uh, shift too because he was joining the rush with with uh, Barzil. So great win, Islanders win. Um, you know, it had the feeling of like, okay, so this is how the series is going to be. It's going to be a lot of close games. The Islanders and Penguins seemed to battle back. Nobody had a two-goal lead at any point. But unbelievably, that is not how it played out. So game two goes back to the Coliseum. Islanders uh, and Penguins play a scoreless first period. Um, I thought the Islanders played unbelievable in this game, and Leonard was by far the best player on this team. Um, about midway through the second period, uh, Eric Goodbrayson scored a goal um, to give the Penguins a lead. Um, it was their first lead of the series. Um, so 
you know, about five, five and uh, three and a half periods, uh, four and a half if you count the overtime going into the, so it was their first lead of the series game too. Um, but honestly, it didn't last long. Um, another, uh, an odd man rush, uh, for the Islanders about three minutes later, um, Anthony Beauvillier, Jordan Eberle, and Matt Barzell, uh, you know, charged up the ice. Uh, I believe Eberle took, or Barzell took the shot. Um, and it was like, kind of like a mad scramble, like Murray was falling and both Beauvillier and Eberle were going for the rebound, which was kind of sitting at the side of his pads. Um, I, Beauvillier ultimately, um, put it over the line. The Islanders tied it. Um, and that kind of did it for the game, uh, for that period, I should say. Going into the third period, uh, boy, this is just, an, un, as I said before, an unbelievable season, uh, playoff series, I should say, for Jordan Eberle. Uh, he completely undressed, um, the defenseman for the Penguins. Ends up going coast to coast, well, not coast to coast, but, uh, from blue line all the way to the goal line. Puts, does a nice deke, puts an unbelievable backhand. I don't know how he got so much force on it that beats uh, Murray on in the in basically top almost top shelf, but uh, in the corner. And Islanders take a three three one lead. And basically from that point on, it was it was pretty much over. Um, Islanders did get another power play goal later in the period. Uh, Josh Bailey got the power play goal. Um, a nice feed from uh, Anders Lee who, who found him. Um, Kind of like Murray wasn't anticipating the pass. Uh, it was a short side shot, and he was able to get it by him. 3-1, about halfway through the third. And the Islanders held on, 3-1. G- great game, definitely not the most exciting. I mean, I shouldn't say not the most exciting game. It was a very exciting game, but, you know, not the same atmosphere as that game one. So it was it was good to see the Islanders were able to control the game, keep the chances for the Penguins way down. Um I believe the Islanders completely like outshot them in this game. It was either this game or game three. It might have been game three. Uh, so let's go back to. So now we go. Now the series Isles are up two nothing. Go back to Pittsburgh. Unbelievable game three as well. Uh, again, early in the game, um, about halfway through the first, uh, Garrett Wilson scores for the Penguins. So the Islanders fall behind. But this is this is what this team is all about. Every time the Penguins scored, the Islanders had an answer. Maybe not right away most times, but usually within the next five minutes. And literally less than a minute later, Jordan Eberle ties it again. An unbelievable wrist shot that beat Murray. Um, assist from Pulak and Barzell. Uh, and then later on in the period, on a two-on-one, Kunakel uh, and Brock Nelson on a two-on-one. And Brock Nelson just wrists it home, gives the Islanders the lead. Unbelievable that they were able to base, they fell behind one nothing 12 minutes into the first and by 14 minutes into the first they were back on top 2 to 1 and that's pretty much the this game the Islanders completely dominated them in this game um I'm trying to look for the stats yeah the Islanders had hold on where's the shots they're not showing me the shots why would they do that uh Leonard made 26 25 shots on 26 chances, and Murray made 32 shots on 35 chances. I believe this was the only game the Islanders outshot them. I might be mistaken there. But yeah, so Brock Nelson had it. There were no goals in the second. It kind of stayed 2-1. Had the feeling of like, okay, well, you should probably... I thought their second period was really good, and I really thought they would have um, ad, you know, added to their lead there, but they didn't. Um, but who of all people but Leo Komarov would extend the lead in the third period on assist from uh, Bovillier and Filpula. To give the Islanders a three-one lead about ten minutes later, and then with an empty net, the Islander uh, Anders Lee gets his first of the series. 
another assist from Filpula and assist from Pelic. So Islanders shut this one down to once Komarov scored the goal, this game was pretty much over. Uh, the two to one lead was a little, you know, it's a little scary when you only got that one goal lead and you're outplaying your the other team. It happens all the time. You you see it. You completely out the, play the other team and the other team comes back and hits uh gets a lucky goal on like their one chance of the period. So I was a little worried about that. But once Komarov scored, that pretty much put the game in hand. And the Islanders won and went up in the series 3 nothing for the first time since 1983 in the Stanley Cup final against the Edmonton Oilers. So they have not done this in my entire lifetime, had a three-game three three lead. Um, now going into Pittsburgh, my the only thing like it had the, the Islanders had won games one and two at home. So going in Pittsburgh, I was like, you know what? Split the one or split the two games in Pittsburgh. You're definitely not going to win both of them, and then come seal the deal home at Game Five at the Coliseum. And guess what? Didn't need that either. Very early into uh, now, the Islanders didn't play their best game, and you could tell the Penguins were really pressing. In Game Four, uh, they knew their season was on the line. The Islanders had a little bit of a cushion, so they might have let up a little bit. Although, you know, again, they've always had this ability to respond. So, Pittsburgh came out with a lot of shots in this game. Uh, Jake Gensel scored 35 seconds into the game, uh, and then the, the shots totals are 33 shots for the Penguins, and the Islanders only had 25. So, yeah, the Penguins did outshoot them in this game, and I would say they might have even outchanced them. Leonard kept them in it, and boom. A minute and a half later, Jordan Eberle again assists from Barzil and Mayfield, gives, ties the game, and, and basically by the end of the third period, it was Brock Nelson again. Um, this was a great setup. Um, Kunakal was on the forecheck, um, was able to kind of like distract the, the Penguins defenseman long enough for the puck to trickle loose to Bailey, who, shot, who, who, who passed the puck from, from below the goal line, hit it wide open, Nelson who popped it home. Again, Brock Nelson also having a good series. Three goals in four games. You can't you cannot um you can't underscore how important that it was that Brock Nelson's line and Matt Barzell's line were both producing. That's absolutely key and they're gonna need that going into the series against the Hurricanes. So the Islanders took the lead late in the first. Again, no scoring in the second period. Um the Penguins Penguins really pushed this hard. Um but really, really late in the first period, Josh Bailey would hit a goal um, to make it 3-1, and the Islanders would win, end up winning the series, sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins four games to nothing. And that would that would do it for the Penguins. Literally nobody. I didn't see one person in the entire NHL, or like the NHL.com or, you know, whatever, TSN or any of those, like Sportsnet, none of those guys said that the Islanders would sweep in four. A couple people said the Islanders would win. Only a few, mostly Newsday writers. Um, but most people did not think the Islanders were going to win this series. The fact that they swept the Penguins, who had won two of the last three Stanley Cups and two in a row before last year, is an unbelievable achievement. They shut down Sidney Crosby. They shut down Gensel besides that one goal. They shut down Malkin besides that one goal. They shut down Phil Kessel besides that one goal. The Islanders allowed one goal for all of them. Crosby had no goals and one assist in four games. This is a guy, this is a guy who lights up the Islanders. So does Malkin. Kessel has historically beaten us to death too. And Gensel, you know, he's, he's a little younger, so he doesn't have the uh, the sample size that the other guy, he has a smaller sample size, but 
The fact that the Islanders were able to shut down the high-powered offense of the Penguins and able to take the series in four, relying on the backs of Jordan Eberle, definitely the star of the first series, um, Robin Leonard maybe tied for first, and Brock Nelson, the Islanders were able to overcome an unbelievable odds. Now, on the other spectrum, the Capitals and Hurricanes just had a brutal, long, four-game series. Um, and I had a feeling that this one could go a little longer. I thought the Capitals would ultimately win. I did think that Carolina Hurricanes... I don't remember what I actually said on my uh, on my prediction episode. I think I might have even said Capitals in seven. So I was one, one game from being right. Um, it did go to seven. I just picked the wrong team. Um, Got to give props to the... To the Carolina Hurricanes. I didn't watch every game in the series um, because I'm just following. I would, tried to follow everything, but I mean, you got to give credit. Games one and two went to Washington in Washington. Uh, they were the division winners this year, so it was two not two nothing in the series. The second game went into overtime, which Washington won. So it kind of looked like the uh, Hurricanes were done, um, but the Hurricanes, not having been in the playoffs for what ten years, um, had their home crowd. Really amped up for Game Three, first game, playoff game in years. Um, completely de- demolished the the Capitals, um, won th- five to nothing in Game Three, and then won a much closer affair, two to one in Game Four. Both home games for the Hurricanes, so they were able to even the series at two. It goes back to Washington, two games apiece, and now this time Washington blows out Carolina six to nothing. Just like this series was all over the place. You had shutouts from both sides. You had close games. You had overtime games. Um, We go back to the hurricane. We go back to Carolina again. Carolina wins this one five to two. I think a couple of those were empty net goals. So it was it was a much closer game, and the score appeared. And game seven just what two days ago. Um, You know, Islanders have been waiting all this time. I mean, the Islanders swept their series, and you know. Basically, uh, what, when did Game 4 of this series start? It started after the Islanders had already swept. So the series was, was only 2-1 when the Islanders swept. So they had to wait for, what, f- five more games to be played? It's unbelievable. Four more games to be played. Um, game 7, I watched the whole thing. It was an unbelievable game. Um, Washington jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. Um, Carolina got one to get back, get back in the game, 2-1. to one. Capitals t- retook a two-goal lead with a 3-1 lead. Um, and Carolina battled back, tied it, sent it in the overtime. I watched the whole overtime. I watched the second whole overtime, and just like, just like how these go, these overtimes, these double overtimes, game seven, game winning goals go. It was just kind of like a fluky play. It's kind of like uh, William just turned around and threw the puck on net. Happened to hit, uh, I believe it was McGinn who put it in, and that was it. And the Hurricanes shocked the defending Stanley Cup champions, and win the series in seven. All the home team had won every game before Game Seven, so you know the odds were ever well, maybe not in favor. I mean, statistically, the home team should not win every game. It should give you a boost, and you should win most of your home games. But when games one through six all go to the home teams, and then Game Seven comes around, that trend is likely going to end. And as I, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys have watched this, but the. The first overtime, Washington was not in the game at all. They just weren't there. They had no scoring chances. They were just playing defense the whole time, and Carolina was running all over the place. They didn't have a ton of scoring chances, but they were generating. I'm sure the Corsi numbers for the first overtime looked unbelievable. And then the second overtime, the uh, Capitals did push back a little bit, 
Um, but I mean, that's that's not gonna do it. That's not gonna do it. Um, so they the hurricanes are facing us. So again, now we go. We lose the Nassau Coliseum because it was guaranteed that we were only going to play the first round there. We didn't even know if we would make the second round, you know, albeit sweep. So here we are sweeping, going to second round. Now the, the series sw- switches back to Brooklyn, which we haven't played in since February when they played the Edmonton Oilers. So we're going back to the Barclays Center, which hasn't hosted a hockey game in months. So I don't know what the ice surface is going to be like. This game one later today is going to be very interesting. The Islanders are coming off a long layoff. The Hurricanes had just played a late game on Wednesday. So they're less than 48 hours removed from their last game. Um, so I don't know who you give the edge. It's going to probably be a bad ice surface. They haven't, they haven't used the ice. I mean, maybe they had some Disney on ice things for all I know, but I don't follow that stuff. So... We're going to have to see how the Islanders do. Now, this matchup is very different than what the matchup would have been. The Islanders lost Johnny Boychuk in Game 4, uh, blocking a slap shot and hit him in the leg. Um, he's out three to four weeks, but that was already like a week ago. So he's out of another two to three weeks at this point. So it sounds most likely that he'll miss this entire second round. Maybe if it goes to Game 7, if he heals quickly enough, he could get, that. He could get back in for that. But thankfully, um, I actually think with the Boychuk injury happening, I think this is a better matchup with missing Boychuk because the the Washington Capitals play a more aggressive uh, hitting style and kind of like a like you know they throw the body around a lot and Johnny Boychuk throws the body around body around a lot and he's been able to play that situation. He's played that series against uh, the Capitals in 2015. So losing him and then potentially playing the Capitals would have been very difficult, especially with you now Thomas Hickey coming back in the lineup, who's not the same type of player. Um, Hickey also hasn't played in a long time, so for him to be thrown into a lineup against the Capitals, that would have honestly really scared me. So with the boy Chuck injury in mind, I do think the better matchup is the Carolina Hurricanes, who are a much faster team, and Thomas Hickey is, of course, much faster than Johnny Boychuk. Now, he hasn't played in a while, so that will have some effect on this series. Hopefully, they don't get Hickey too exposed in this series. Now, the the Hurricanes have a really good roster. Um, They got, you know, they've got, the the only difference between them and the Capitals is the Capitals had high-powered offense, you know, the Hurricanes have a more balanced approach, kind of like the Islanders. They have like four lines that all can chip in. They got the Nino Niederreiter trade has worked out wonders for them. They got Sebastian Ajo, the, well, the other Sebastian Ajo. Um, you know, they got Jacob Slavin on uh, defense. Um, you, you know, they got Mr. Game 7, uh, w- Williams, who ended up setting up the game-winning goal in Game 7. Um, so they've got a really balanced approach. They've got a lot of, you know, a lot of players who have a lot of Stanley Cup experience. A um, few Stanley Cups on those teams as well. So this is going to be a challenge for the Islanders, um, especially because now a lot of people are picking the Islanders in the second round. The Islanders are used to being the underdogs. We've always been the underdogs. As far as my life I can remember, the Islanders have been underdogs. They've never had a long, pronounced um, state of being a contending team. They have their one or two, three year, one, one to three years of being relevant, but getting bounced in the first round and then missing the playoffs for three years or making the playoffs and missing it or making it to the second round and then missing it the next two years. So the Islanders are never going to get respect. And the fact that the Islanders are being picked by a lot of people is scaring a lot of people. But honestly, it's not, it, honestly, predictions go out the window at this time of year. I mean, look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. They swept 
the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. One of the best regular seasons of all time Tampa had, and they're gone. They're done now. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are gone. The Washington Capitals are gone. All the division winners from all four divisions in the NHL are out of the first round of the playoffs for the first time ever. So you can throw predictions out the window. It's all about the games now. Predictions don't mean anything. The Islanders have to play a different game here, though. Um, the Islanders won the season series three three games to one. Um, you know, but a lot of those games were early in the season. One was the first game of the season. You know, the Islanders weren't playing their game yet. The Hurricanes definitely weren't playing their game yet. They were. They turned it on around December, sometime in December. Um, so you can throw a lot of these games out. Um, you know, the one that really stands out to me is that loss, uh, the first loss at the Coliseum this year. Um, so the Coliseum game started in December. So it must have been like mid-December or late December. Um, the Islanders hadn't lost a game in regulation at that point. They lost one in a shootout to the Penguins. But um, that game was, that was a tough game. The Islanders, I believe they were tied at one point, one to one. I think they ended up losing three to one or three to two because there were a couple late goals, empty nickels, and Grice had a bad game in that one. But that was more of the style that Carolina plays. But you, you throw the rest of the season series out because they have not played. They have not played each other since the beginning of the season. The Islanders took about 20 games to really start playing their game and the Hurricanes took even longer so throw out all those three Islander wins this is gonna be a tough series the Carolina Hurricanes are a fast team they're not gonna beat you with pure skill but they're gonna outplay you sometimes and the Islanders have to withstand it like they did with the Penguins there were times when the Penguins had ships where the Islanders just couldn't keep up with them they got they're gonna have to do that again um thankfully uh Devin Taves had a great series uh Adam Pellick had a great series Ryan Pulak had a great series um Letty had some good moments as well um you know he's not as much of a traditional shutdown guys as the other guys are um and Scotty Mayfield had a great series they lost boy Chuck who played really well in the series um Hickey's got to slide in now and he's got to be there you know this is going to test the Islanders depth you know thank god they have a Thomas Hickey type because you don't want to be throwing a Luca Spiza in there or a Dennis Seidenberg if somebody else gets hurt um and honestly if somebody else gets hurt um, unless it's like a one day-to-day banged-up situation, you know, if some somebody else on D gets hurt um, and it's like a long-term injury, I don't think Spiza and Seidenberg are going to be your answers. Spiza has played, what, 20 games at all this season, if that, and almost none in the second half of the season. Seidenberg hasn't played one game this year. He's been practicing with the team all year. He's not going to play in a playoff game. Can you imagine that guy practicing with the team all year, scratched all year on a professional tryout, making a debut? No, that's not happening. Um, if th- something happens here, they're going to have to call up our, the real Sebastian Ajo, or um, I-, I don't even know who else is really producing in Bridgeport. I've been watching the Bridgeport series as much as I can. I, ha- I don't really watch uh, AHL games unless it's the playoffs. So um, Sound Tigers won game one in overtime, lost games two and three. Uh, it's a best of five series, so they were on the brink yesterday, but uh, I forget who won it yesterday. Um doesn't matter. Uh, but the Islanders, uh, the Islanders, the Sound Tigers won game four yesterday, so it's going to go back to game five on Saturday night back back in Bridgeport. So we'll see how that series goes. But, you know, their season could be over soon for all we know. And, you know, they might call up the Islanders version of Black Aces because the Black Aces the Islanders have now aren't going to cut it in the playoffs. Ross Johnson is not going to help this team. Uh, Michael Dalcole, as much as I want to see this kid play, I mean, he, he could make a difference um, should some one of the forwards get get injured, but he's not playing. He hasn't played in a while now. 
Um, so it's going to take some time for him to get back into the game, like into the you know into game situations. The same thing for Thomas Hickey. Uh, should something happen to the defenseman? Yeah, I don't think uh, maybe unless it's a day to day thing. Maybe Spisa goes in because he has played semi regularly, but not really. Um, so ultimately, I think the Islanders do have the advantage in this series. They have the advantage in coaching. I mean, Rob Brindamore for the Hurricanes is made made a, a great team, but he does not have the accolades of Barry Trotz coming off a Stanley Cup win with the Washington Capitals and you know, 800 wins in the NHL. It's just not... The, the, the coaching advantage definitely goes to the Islanders. The goaltending advantage also goes to the Islanders. Robin Leonard was named a finalist for the Vesna, and he was also named a finalist for the Masterton this year. Um, the Islanders also won, you know, the, uh, the Williams Jennings Trophy this year for least goals allowed, so Grice and Leonard got that. So, I mean, you can't even argue. And if Leonard has a bad game, uh, I'm assuming he's starting tonight... Grice goes in, and Grice has played very well. He's played very well against Carolina. He's always played well against Carolina. So I think Grice might get in a game here should one of the games get out of hand uh, where Leonard may, might like just have an off night. Um, defense, it's kind of a crapshoot. The Islanders have more of a shutdown type. Uh, the Hurricanes have more of like offensive defensemen. Dougie Hamilton um, is not the best defensively, but he does score goals. Um, Jacob Slavin, they have a lot of good defensemen over there, um, Justin Falk, uh, so they have more of an offensive um, adjustment, and the Islanders have more of a defensive thing, the Islanders don't really have an offensive defenseman besides uh, Ryan Pulak and Devin Taves, and they don't really put up a lot of points, maybe Pulak does, so it's kind of a crapshoot, like who, who do you favor, do you favor the offensive defenseman or the defensive defenseman, this is the playoff, so I almost want to lean towards the Islanders and say defensively, now forwards, it's also it's pretty even. I don't think any. I don't think the Hurricanes have a top flight guy like. Uh, I guess Sebastian Aho is their version of our Matt Barzell. He's their superstar, young superstar to take the team deep into the playoffs. But they, it's pretty even. They roll four lines. We roll four lines. It's going to be up to the Islanders to really contain you know Nita Ryder to contain um, you know Brock Brock McGinn, uh, the Justin Williams, the uh, you know. The, the Ajos of this team. It's going to be a really important matchup for the Islanders. Um, now, the Islanders in Game 4 lost three guys to injury. Um, Boychuk is the only one who's not returning likely for the series. Um, Clutterbuck got banged up in that game. Um, he got slashed on the hand, so I'm assuming it was a hand injury. Everyone seems to be thinking he's okay and he's going to go back in the lineup. Um, and I'm forgetting somebody else left the game, too. <laughs> It doesn't matter, but uh, it sounds like the Islanders are going to have pretty much their A line. Thomas Hickey is a perfect seventh defenseman, if not sixth defenseman, if you have another guy who's of equal value. So him going in is gonna, is, isn't going to be the worst. He's got playoff experience. He's got playoff moments. He scored a big goal in, what, game three at the Coliseum, uh, at the Barclays Center in 2016. So it's a big series. Ultimately, I am going with the Islanders in this series. I'm going to give them a six-game series, much like I did in the last round. Hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a four-game sweep. That'd be amazing. Um, the Hurricanes are a nice story this year. Um, they seem to be everybody's like favorite story this year, the, the uh, lovable team that doesn't really belong in the second round, if you will. I'm not saying they don't belong. They obviously belong. They beat the defending cup champions. Um, which kind of sucks for the Islanders because that's usually our thing. That's our, that's like, that's our stance. Like we're the lovable team that nobody, like that, that 
nobody expects to win. And now we're playing the team that more more people love. People love their storm surges that they had early in the season, although they stopped doing that because it pissed off a lot of traditionalists. Um, and people don't like the Islanders because of how we treated John Tavares on his return. So guess what, guys? We're not the people are picking our team, but we're not going to like we're not the like the people the team that people like, and that's okay. I don't care. Let's embrace the fact that people don't like us. We're a New York team. We're, you know, like we're not we're not Carolina. We're not in Phoenix. We're not in you know uh, we're not in you know Sunrise, Florida. We're a team that people don't like. Because we are New York, we are rabid fans, we are, we're rambunctious, we're raucous when we go in the Barclays Center is going to be rocking despite the fact that it has terrible seats and bad sight lines and horrible commutes. It's going to be rocking. We're going to get on the Hurricanes like we always do. Peter Mrazek is going to hear it from us. And, and that's okay. I mean, you know, many people who are Islander fans are, you know, New York Yankee fans, including myself, Yankee fans are known around the world as being absolutely insane. Mets fans also, with the Seven Line Army as well. A lot of Mets fans are Islander fans. Most Mets fans are Islander fans. They're going to be there too. Uh, it, it's, it's part of our makeup. We're part of that. that. That's something that defines us. It's just that we've never really, in the last 30 years, haven't had much to talk about. So the fact that we were making the second round and also having home ice again for the second time we haven't had a home ice since 1988, and now we have it twice in one year. Unbelievable. And should the other series go to the Blue Jackets, we would have it in the conference finals. So I am going with the Islanders, winning the series in six. I think they split the first two in in uh, Carolina, uh, in sorry, in Brooklyn, then split the next two in Carolina as well. So it's going to go two games to two, and then I think the Islanders will win Game Five in Brooklyn and seal the deal in Carolina in game six. So that that's my prediction. I think the Islanders might fall short tonight. They're going to be a little rusty. They haven't played in a while. Carolina has played. They might be gassed. It's kind of a toss-up at this point. Dude. Would you rather be the team that's gassed and played more recently, or would you rather be the team that's well-rested, but maybe not have the sharpest game? I think ultimately they might lose game one, and they'll come back much stronger once they have their legs under them in game three, which is an afternoon game on Sunday in the Barclays Center. Um, so... All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune out here. Um, sorry for the quality of the podcast uh, today. I'm actually recording on my phone as opposed to my normal computer and my uh, my uh, whatever my setup at home where I can edit and put on my intro. So there's no intro this week, as I'm sure you noticed. Uh, yeah. So that'll pretty much do it here for the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. Again, I am Craig Dixon. You can follow the t- us on Twitter at Belmont Skates. And you can follow my personal account at Craig J. Dixon. You can like our Facebook page at Belmont Gates. And all right, guys, that's going to do it. Let's go Islanders. Game one ready to go. Let's fucking do this.